from Relay FM, this is Upgrade episode 196. Today's show is brought to you by Away, Eero, and Timing. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined across this lovely table somewhere in a secret location in San Jose, California by Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Jason Snell. Hi, Mike Hurley. From high above San Jose, yes, California. looking down upon the, the beautiful developers below, the migration of developers that is occurring mm-hmm. from the WWDC Convention Center to many various lunch and coffee places around yes, as it is lunchtime. Certainly. Because we have just seen the end of the keynote, the WWDC keynote for this year, um, and we've got a ton to talk about. But, of course, we must start every episode, as we always do, with a hashtag Snell Talk question. And this one comes from me to you, Jason, because I wanted to ask a follow-up <laughs> oh, question based upon last week's question of your seating in the keynote. How was your seat at the keynote this year? Really good. Oh, look at you. Really good. Usually what's happened at WWDC is they bring in the media and they take us all the way off to the side and put us kind of like way in the back on the mm-hmm. side. And I fully expected that this time. And they led us to basically right in the front. So Ooh. we were center. So what we know in is that somebody, this person in charge of seating, listened to last week's episode, and they were like, oh, we cannot have Jason yeah. Snow in a bad uh, position. Uh, we must give him a great seat. They, they, they decided to take us uh, media-type people and put it uh, and, and put us in the center, which was very nice. It was uh, a much nicer view than, than we've had lately. I could see the people on stage a little bit, uh, and that was good. And I was sitting with... Uh, Serenity Caldwell to my right and Renee Ritchie to my left. Jim Dalrymple was a couple people down. Ina Freed from Recode was a couple people down. Just a lot uh, group. A lot going on, yeah. So should we do the draft results? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, I believe, if memory serves, I won last year's WWDC draft, right? Because we tied for the year where I won WWDC and you won the September event. Right. I don't want to speak too soon, Jason, but... Uh... I think, uh, think I might have uh, think I might have won this one too. So let's. Uh, I, oh, I think so. I, I have us scored at five points for you, and either six or seven points for me. Would you like me to read how I've scored this? I would like to see that. So I've given you a point for new parental controls, mm-hmm. new Animoji, mm-hmm. ARKit updates, HomeKit on macOS, which was the biggest surprise for me out of your points, and a HomePod mention. Because HomePod was mentioned couple of times especially with like the siri shortcuts like you can activate siri shortcuts from your home pod oh that's a mention that is that's, that's a mention that's all i was looking for well that's great because i only scored four because i totally missed that mention mm-hmm. so five for me hooray um my the one that i think i'm the most proud of was the digital well-being overarching concept so it was, they didn't give in a name but they were like here and it was exactly what i said right parental controls and notifications and yep. uh, do not disturb will be called out as a thing and they're going to talk about them and they did exactly that. Um, so then with that, I got notifications overhaul, focus on uh, bug fixes, performance improvements and stability, um, an emoji integration in FaceTime, do not disturb overhaul and a mention of user automation or workflow. Um, the one that I'm not sure about is because we'll get to this later on. I was a little bit distracted during the Apple Watch part and the overhaul for app developer APIs. I mean, there were new ones, but it didn't really didn't, feel overhauled in the way I was expecting. I didn't score it that way. If that is indeed there, it's not something that they no. they, they will mean, reveal they, it later. They definitely introduced they a bunch of stuff. new additions, but it didn't feel like an overhaul mm-hmm. in the way that I was imagining it anyway. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so I would score this at five to you and six to me, which means I picked up the draft win. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with that. I could probably... Quibble, um, you know the thing that won it for you. 
because I will concede that you won. Um, the thing that won, won it from you, well, there's a couple of things here. I, I am amazed, and we'll get into it. I am amazed at mention of user automation slash workflow. Yeah. And technically, they didn't mention workflow, but that's because they released a new app that is workflow and also with a different name, Automator. And also, Automator was called Automator out. was mentioned on stage. Okay, the one that won it for you though is you said focus on bug fixes slash performance improvements slash stability. Mm-hmm. And my reason of not taking that was because I thought Apple's not going to do they're not going to have they're going to have too much pride yep. to say mea culpa stability bug fixes. But performance improvements, Mike. Performance improvements. That's the way you say it, right? But even then, though, like... But the whole section was labeled performance. So that's absolutely what it was. So I tip my hat to you. 6-5, hard fought, close. I didn't embarrass myself like you did in Chicago. And we're tied. <laughs> um, I would say one of the, the, the funny... This one, I scored all of my points really soon. And I thought I was going to, like, just... Run away completely with it. wiped the floor, and you pulled back, especially because the that when we were coming down to it, I was like, "There's no way he's getting home kit." Like that, I was like, "That nah, there's no way," and I was really surprised that it did that. There's a very good reason for it that we'll get mm-hmm. into a little later on. So we're going to talk about um, iOS 12 and macOS and watchOS today. But before we do, I kind of wanted to to talk about WWDC as a whole because being here in San Jose, everyone over the last 24 to 48 hours has been talking about one thing, and that one thing is it's going to be boring, right? Like, there's no leaks. We're going to have a boring year. So my question to you, was this a quiet year or was this a secretive year? Well, it, I think a little bit of both. I, I think it's a quiet year. Um, sometimes they do hardware, and we mentioned hardware in our draft picks. And Zero hardware. I loved the expectation setting actually at the beginning and end of the keynote. There were a couple of moments that I thought were very smart where Apple could have gone another way, mm-hmm. and they chose at the beginning to say, it's all about software. Yep. And the message there was very clear, which is... Don't expect this. There will be no hardware in this mm-hmm. keynote. Just forget it. Remember, they used to do that, that at least one year, they, they actually like leaked to the New York Times or something, mm-hmm. a story saying, there will not be hardware at the keynote, yep. because they wanted to get that out there and set the expectations. So they did that right at the beginning. That said, there's a lot going on here in terms of the operating systems, which is what this thing is about. That is what WWDC is about. It is about making, uh, you know, it's the new year for Apple to start the clock, mm-hmm. start the summer, working on the OSs that will drop in the fall with the iPhone releases and on we go. And so um, they can keep a lot of that stuff secret and they did. Um, some of it leaked but um, you know the details didn't. If yeah. you define this as like no hardware, so it's boring, then yeah, okay, I guess. But they did make a bunch of statements about where they're taking their platforms, which is why we're here. Yeah. See, I was thinking that, and I think we were both assuming there would be hardware because we didn't think there was going to be a lot of software stuff. And and I would say that on the whole, there was. Like I I'm actually quite surprised at just how much there was. Especially there were some strange pacing moments during the keynote where they would start talking about news and stocks and uh ibooks or uh apple books and it's like okay where are we going with this and then they would come in with another huge feature and it was really it was a really interesting balance in this one to the point where i'm pretty surprised at just how much we got and i think that i'll agree with you that there are definitely some elements where it was quiet but i think that overall 
the reason we didn't know anything beforehand is nobody was talking beforehand. Like this was yeah. a year where clearly the secrecy has worked because there were some really key parts of this, like a lot of the Siri improvements and stuff like that. Um, a lot of the, the a lot of the details, stuff like Memoji, a lot of the AR kit stuff. Some of it got out, but not all of it. And and I think that that was re- that's really really interesting. Um, the videos were really fun too. I think. Did you like the the videos to open and close were really good. Mm-hmm. I, I like those a lot. Yeah, I, they did a good job. I think they did a good job of showing the people that were there that they cared because there were kind of like important people in the indie Apple development community were very clearly called out in comedic ways as like a we get this, we're in this with you. And I think that that really set a good tone for the day. Yeah, um visible appearances by people we know mm-hmm. who are who are fairly visible in the community that was nice yep and to set the tone of like we know we know we get you and genuinely funny too yeah like i loved that idea of the migration and and it was like whilst making fun it was in a harmless way, like ways that we all make fun of ourselves. Yeah, like, we're was, out we're, in the we're with you. Yeah, in the yeah. sun. Oh, no. And, it, you know, and yeah. like the guys with their passes joining up and everyone's so awkward around each other. Like it worked. Like, yeah. And I think they, they really walked a line that could have been like they're making fun of us. But I think they, they absolutely perfectly nailed the tone of those videos. And I, and obviously they had a big emotional video at the end, right? Like as yeah. you do with an event like this. So so I was really I was really impressed with that. Um and just as a very quick kind of wrap up, like some of the, I guess the key messages like the app stores turning 10 soon, that's probably going to be a, a really big deal from a press release thing. I think that's pretty soon, right? It's the next few weeks or something. App, app, the app store turns 10. That was what mm-hmm. Tim yeah. Cook was, was pointing out at the beginning. So all of that stuff is really interesting. Um, I think that I've come away from this being, um, I was pretty surprised and I'm pretty happy with the amount that was announced. Um, I think that, we got a lot of really good stuff so we should probably get into some of we those we probably right? should let me take our first break first and thank our friends over at away for their support of this week's show away makes smart premium suitcases so your luggage will never cost more than your plane ticket when you're traveling if you're anything like me there are some features that you're going to be looking for one of them is going to be battery i'm always looking for more battery when i travel and both of the uh, sizes of away's carry-on cases feature usb ports of an integrated battery which is large enough to charge your phone for five times from a single charge and it's so easy to just pop that battery right out of there as well so you could maybe check that bag and take the battery with you on the plane and charge your devices as you go i really love that um i love that i can get four 360 degrees spinner wheels on my carry-on and a removable washable laundry bag too these are the features that i love about my away and i think that once you get an away suitcase dear listener out there you will completely agree that these these are all really really cool things you can go to awaytravel.com slash upgrade podcast right now you can browse away suitcases they have a great line they have over 10 colors and five sizes to choose from they're all made with premium german polycarbonate as well which is super strong and lightweight they have two carry-on sizes then they have a medium and a large size suitcases and also a kids carry-on as well away cut out the middleman so you can get first class luggage at coach prices i love my away case whenever i'm taking a trip with it i'm always very happy i i recently got one of the aluminium ones which is just 
I love it so much. It's such a cool look. And Away believe in the quality of their products as well. They offer a lifetime guarantee. If anything breaks, they will fix or replace it for life. They also have a 100-day trial with a no-questions-asked return policy with free shipping on any order within the lower 48 states of the U.S. Travel smarter with the suitcase that charges your phone. To find out more about Away right now, go to awaytravel.com slash upgradepodcast. And if you use the code upgradepodcast or one word at checkout, you'll get $20 off any of their suitcases. As awaytravel.com slash upgrade podcast and the code upgrade podcast for twenty dollars off. Our thanks to Away for their support of this show and Relay FM. iOS twelve. Should we start with iOS twelve? Yeah, let's do it. So what are the iOS features that you are the most interested in of everything announced today? Like what were the things that really have got you either feeling kind of surprised or interested? Like what is the stuff that's going on that you're the most engaged with? Really, I mean, the idea that they're doing all of this sort of managing your distractions mm-hmm. is interesting to me, but I am very particularly interested in the fact that they're letting you do notifications. I I didn't think it was super realistic that Apple was going to provide you with tools to control notifications directly from within the notification. This is exactly what you asked for last week. It is exactly. The, the, right, like literally make this only go to the screen and not pop up or make it go away forever or give me specific options about what to do with this thing. And go even they said that like Siri can recommend to you to just say like, stop getting notifications from this app. You never use it, right? Like stuff like that. It's like, yeah, please. Yeah. That's what I need. And I loved that they called out grouped notifications and it was so fun as like, introducing it. You also had it before you removed it. I mean, this is smarter, the grouping. So they're grouping not just by app, but also by, like, topics. And I'm interested to see what that's actually going to mean. Like, maybe social applications all get grouped together or something like that. And I'm keen to see what that actually looks like. Looks like they're using um, App Store in a few places in in, uh, their announcements today. They're using, I think, App Store classifications Mm -hmm. or something in order to organize apps together in in groupings. Yeah, But... uh, it sounds like you can also break out by app, you know, app name. And I'm just I'm excited about that. I, I, I think that those changes to, to notifications are gonna be really big for me in the way that I manage my devices, you know? Um and then kind of I guess hand in hand with that is do not disturb stuff. I really liked that because I mean I had it this morning, right? So I'm jet lagged right now. Mm-hmm. So I woke up at like four thirty this morning. And while I grabbed my phone to look at the time, and there were a bunch of notifications there, and I kind of got a little bit distracted by the notifications that popped up. And this do not disturb, as it could do not disturb during bedtime. It like yeah. just it just hides it, and you have to like forcibly check it. So you can look at the time on your phone, but not necessarily get drawn in by all the notifications. There's no like, there. uh, oh god, the world is ending. Exactly. Right below it. Like, or just yeah. like, hey, Mike, check out this great offer waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I want to know about great offers. So I open my email. Um, I like that. And then like in the morning, they show you like the weather and you have to like say I'm ready for my mm-hmm. day. Like These are really smart things that are not based upon this incredible machine learning. You know what I mean? Like this is something that you could be like, well, it's bedtime. So just stop showing notifications. Mm-hmm. We know what time he wakes up because he's got an alarm. We'll change it then. Like that is very simple stuff that comes with thought. And I can see a lot of thought has gone into this. And I think it's really cool. Yeah. And it seems simple in one way, but in many ways, these are the kind of features that will have the biggest impact on people's lives. So many people use iPhones 
and it is such a personal device, it is integrated into your life, that really every interaction that they modify, uh, think of it this way, every iOS user out there, every, every iPhone user, if you save them five seconds a day, you saved, what, thousands of years of human lives <laughs> with one feature change? Like, the impact is great for something as simple as you get back to sleep because you don't see all your notifications or it keeps things simple in the morning until you're ready for it. Yep. Like, that. that is going... And the fun thing about being at these events and thinking about this stuff is we're talking about it now, but in the fall when people update their OS on their iPhone that's when it's going to start like hitting regular people mm -hmm. and it's going to change their lives too in little ways but important ways in some in some cases when I, they update to 12. I kind of like the the way that Apple pitched it as well cuz without implicitly saying it it's kind of like well we kind of created a problem here mm -hmm. like we know we can see what's going on we understand how people are using these things and we're going for it and again like a lot of this stuff um was in is in uh the next version of Android in P mhm mm but I, but that will, it made me want them even more. So, like, seeing Apple do something like screen time, which was kind of like the third leg of this stool, that's exactly what I wanted. And it's very similar to what um, Android are doing. I, I don't know. I didn't catch this. I'm not sure if it's, like, if this is part of settings or if it's a separate app. I, I wasn't completely clear about yeah, how I'm that's going to work. I'm not clear on that. I'm sure somebody has already looked at the web page and, and downloaded the yeah. beta and installed it and broken it. There are people in the chat that. room that have literally already stored the beta on yeah. the iPads. More power to you. Um, oh. I love the idea of being able to... I mean, I'm a time tracker, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's a big thing that I do. Being able to go into my iPad and see, and it's synced across all of my devices, which is even better, and be like, oh, I spent... Oh, I've spent like 20 hours this week on Twitter. Yeah. Like maybe I should maybe I should set do set, a, set a little lower level and try to cut back. And a I love bit. that the limits thing is really clever mm -hmm. because and I like that they were kind of like look we can set these limits. You can override yeah. them. You know, I was struck by that about how Apple's recent especially with the the Apple Watch um more than the iPhone it, their focus on health feeds into this feature. Like, this is like like a lot of the stats stuff. It looks like the health app. It looks it like does. it looks like the exact same things that we see yep. stats on for our health, except here it's about usage. And I just I can feel that history of dealing with that stuff feeding into the way that they handle this stuff. Right down to the fact that they're providing the realization that they're providing motivation. Unless it's parental controls where there's actually a, a lockout. Somebody else has the permission to override it. But for you, you personally, yeah, you can just dismiss it. But the idea is that they're providing a motivator for you. And that's very much something that comes out of the health side. Plus all the charts and everything feel very much like it. And it's, this is mental health stuff. Right? Yeah, like this it is. This stuff has big impacts it on is. the way that people live their lives. And I am very happy to see Google and Apple standing up at the same time and trying to do something about this. Yeah, I was on um, uh, the radio this morning. Ooh. And if you don't know what the radio is, radio is a thing that they made before they made podcasts. It's like podcasting. Except it's linear. It just I was on and then I was gone. Yeah. 
And then that and was you it. Cut, that's it. I mean, where's Jason? Can I get him back? No, you can't. He's gone. It's like, remember when podcasts were just on iPods? It's like that, but they're these things called radios. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I was on the radio and they said, what's Apple's motivation for doing something like this? Because this was a rumored feature mm-hmm. and I mentioned it. And, and And the implication was... If you're the drug pusher, don't you always want to keep them addicted? Mm -hmm. And I think, first off, we could say, either positively or negatively, smartphones aren't going away, right? Like, either we could say we're all addicted to them, it's too late. Or we could say they are too valuable and too important for them to ever go away. Either way, it is the time to deal with the fallout of their existence and how much they dominate our lives. And in that way... Yes, it is time. You know, they didn't realize when they built this stuff quite how human behavior was going to change. And now we all know. And the next step is to factor that in to your design. Like, good design is not just how do I get people... (laughs) Evil apps... Evil apps like games that make you, they, they're trying to get you addicted. They're like, you, they have a lot of gaming apps, they'll have like psychologists on staff. Yep. And it's all about like, how do we. The best way to trick. Yeah. How yeah. do we promote, promote this and get it so that people keep using mm-hmm. it? Um, but the right way to do it is to look at it and say, okay, turns out we built this thing just because we thought it would be cool and it has this predicted behavior. Where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. How do we get this to where we want it to be, where we want it to to give people a little more empowerment to understand what they're doing with their lives and how to make changes. Yep. And and that's not to get back to the radio thing, like I don't think that's antithetical to the values of Apple or Google for that matter, in terms of building these tools. Because they know how indispensable smartphones are. This is not about about uh you know, trying to tell you not to use your smartphone because they know you're going to use your smartphone. It's just and they about do using want it better. You to still use it, yeah, sure. Right? Like because they still need you to. They, it's important to them that you use it, but it is about time now. After having these things for like nearly fifteen years, 10, 15 years, right? That we have got into these bad habits as as smartphone users, and it's time. The only people that can change it are the people that are feeding it. And that's, right. that's 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 the platform, right? And giving giving you tools to do it yourself is, um, you know, the the first step is accepting sort of like the premise, and then you need to, as a developer, or you know, in this case, Apple, the de- developer of this system system software, is to say, what do we want this to be? And the answer is, we want, let's give people tools so that they can manage their own usage. And this also uh, trickles down to parents too, as well. So, yes. as, uh, if, I guess if you're in an iCloud family sharing thing, you can you can enforce all of these restrictions. Yeah, and- it's it's like the reverse of a lot of times. This stuff comes out of parental controls. This feels like it's almost the reverse, yeah. where it's um, knowledge of what how your usage is, and you can set your own levels. But if you're a parent, you can you can lock it down for children. Which I'm gonna. I will be fascinated to see what the time profile is of my kids using their devices. YouTube, I, that's going to be well, yeah. And there is that question, like with my with my daughter, do I say, "All right, you need to cut back on the Instagram time," right? But this was something that Apple was under fire for of not providing better parental controls on iOS devices. So here it is. And I, but I am really happy that this isn't just parental controls. Yes, yeah, because oh, yeah. I want all of this stuff for me because I yeah. think this this data can be very helpful. For, yeah, for everybody, and that's and that's why I like that it's put in this larger story of uh, of everybody kind of paying more attention to how they use stuff and be more aware of it. As we've talked about before, whenever you do time tracking, you you have that moment where you think, 
oh, really? What what happened <laughs> for that hour? Yeah. Where did that hour go? And sometimes you aren't aware. So having the stats can make a big difference in self-realization. Um, in the chat room, Triscoll has said that Control Center was moved on the iPad. <gasps> the gesture has moved. Um, apparently, uh, all I know right now is that it's closer to uh, the iPhone. So, Well, I will say that we, um, although all, all judgments are final, if somebody can point out that the that the control center moving on the iPad appeared in that slide of all the features, then then no, we would it, be tied. It but it there, didn't. Well, I don't even think there was. A, there was but a, it, this yeah. is not as a draft point, but just as something that we no, are I'm both excited. very excited I'm, I'm, about I'm the moving possibility. Control that. center. That's that's good. Um, there are a couple of other uh, items that I was pretty excited about. Okay. Um, I I really so when the AR kit demo begun, I was a bit like ah, I don't know. Like it's fine, okay. Like Tim's I get very it. excited about it. We got to get it on stage. We got to show it. But by the end of that Lego demo, which was long, long, very long demo, but I was I I came away from it being pretty impressed by what they showed. I was impressed by the technology. I have a I had a problem with the fundamentals of the Lego people showing us um, uh, AR characters jumping around when you could just get out your minifigs and have them jump around. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. instead, what they what they were showing was basically like your Lego thing that you built unlocks a video game that and I you think can play with cool, friends. Because yeah. you know, like you know, it, it depends on how you come to it, but. Um, the play of the Lego may be in the building, and then the game helps fuel the imagination. You know, again, it just depends on what your personal preference is about yourself or your children and video games. But I thought that that whole that whole little segment was pretty cool. I I liked a lot of the stuff. I liked the um that two people can can be in some kind of AR instance at the same time. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I I, I like that stuff, and, and I'm interested to see where it goes. I was really surprised to see Apple create this measure app because they have, at this point, kind of Sherlocked every good utility that I've seen <laughs> in ARKit, which is all this measuring stuff. Yeah, I don't know why they felt the need to do it now. Yeah, They should have done this last year. I find that very peculiar. They must just feel that it's a fundamental utility and that they could I do it. So. It may also be that they were not impressed with any of those apps and they thought, well, we'll show you how to do an AR app right and, and we'll ship it on the device. And it's like the Compass app. It's not going to set the world on fire. But, but it, it's something that everyone should have because the software is, the, the hardware is so tuned to right. being able to give you this information. We'll give you it. Yeah. But I, I did feel, I feel bad for all the people that make that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Memoji. Yeah, um new Animoji characters not surprising. Not surprising. Memoji though, the custom character based on you and I was Im- immediately taken back to um the Wii. Yeah. We had a we had the Wii for a long time and we played a lot of games on it and my kids loved it. But the one thing that they loved more than anything else, more than any single game to the point that to this day, I will sometimes walk into the room and find them on the Wii U in Wii mode, just making Miis. And the me on the Nintendo is, you know, make a character, mm-hmm. give them a skin color, give them a haircut, give them a body shape, give them eyebrows, all of those things. They loved it. They made an entire, literally, there is like a mob of Miis on my <laughs> Wii U. The, the, you go in there and you're like, oh my God, there's like 80 of them because my kids and their friends just kept on making them. Well, 
Memoji allows iOS users to build a little person and have it look whatever you want it to look like and um, and then use it as an Animoji. Yep. I use Bitmoji a lot. Me and Adina use them together a lot. And there is that element of like building your own little character, yeah. right? But these characters are so it's so visually impressive and the tools, it looks so cool to build them. And I was really surprised how many places in the keynote it kept popping up. Yeah. They clearly see this as an important thing, which I think is great because I think we were talking about this, like Animoji should be in more parts of the system. It shouldn't just be confined to the messages app. So showing up in FaceTime, FaceTime. all that all that FaceTime stuff is going to be really fun, I think, putting effects in FaceTime and having these large groups. Um, maybe we switch for podcasting finally. How, how about the idea that, just as an aside, that... I think we were talking about maybe you have FaceTime with two people. <laughs> or maybe you have FaceTime with like five people. Why did they and do Apple it? was like, how about 32 people? So here's my here's my my question on this. How do you go from 0 to that many? And then why 32? They must have just decided they wanted to spend an, set an upper limit and I think the the rationale is that if you've got an uh, a messages group, right? of family like or friends or whatever that you open it up and not everybody's going to be there and not everybody's going to be on so that you may have people coming and going and stuff. There like is that. an app but, called a service called House Party, which is pretty popular with young people. And it is this idea of it is persistent video chat that you have these groups called rooms in the house and uh, you can just drop in at any point and some of your friends might be there and some won't be and you can leave. This is what Apple has clearly... Yeah. inspired by to build because you know you can set them up with these group text groups and you just go in and you're there and you can leave i think this is really fun i think this would be a good feature i'm it's just like i'm i'm really pleased that it's here it's just so surprising that you would go from like two for how many years for has years facetime and been years around and, years and they're like oh well now people. everyone everyone in your yeah, everybody book? literally everybody you know just get them all on a facetime together and i did like that the uh they have it where they're trying to dynamically scale like who's been talking lately and yep. who's hanging back. So for the video side of it. What are they going clever. off? Are they going off the Hangouts? Like, what is this? Do you think? I think this is, I would say this is not targeted at anything in particular, but it's more like Apple is building a whole social network inside of messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I like that. Where it's like, instead of building a website where you interact with other people, you like it's all ad hoc. It's all on messages. It puts more pressure on people who don't have iPhones. And um, in there, you can chat, you can send files, you can send pictures, and you can do video chat or audio chat or whatever. Like it's all just pour it into messages. Yep. Because they know people like messages and use messages all the time. So just load even more in there. It's interesting. And I think it's and you could be a emoji if you want. And I'm be. so I'm just me. Oh yeah, they look really good. They look really good. Like the way that the 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 presenter was showing it was so cool because they were just showing her screen like to us. But all we could see was 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 just her creation screen. But as she's talking, her character is animating everything. Yeah. You start and as like a bald blob, and then you evolve <laughs> from there. It was weird. Weird. But I'm I'm really excited to play around with that, and I'm super excited to see where they take that. Um, as as a thing because that is like that is a really really exciting way to move emoji forward I think and, and is going to be cool for Apple to, to kind of because look as soon as they showed this I was like oh no because Samsung did that AR emoji thing right, right. right. it was 
horrifying. Super horrific and weird. But for whatever reason, I mean, I guess it's the, the cute an- the cute animation and the in- the better technology means it, it looks way better. And how many um, thinking bigger picture? Because the iPhone X's out, right? Yep. How many face ID true depth? Um, devices are they going to sell this fall because because you know there'll be an iphone 10 and an iphone 10 plus and that iphone 9 or whatever that's rumored that will also have the forward cameras that will support an emoji and presumably the ipads too mm-hmm. so they're gonna have all these devices because this is the thing is like people are gonna want memoji their own emoji. and an emoji it's and like they're the gonna want to build that, that stuff bitmoji right it's exactly fun. And Apple looks like they're going to, you know, sure, if you got these models, these new models, you get that feature. And that's going to help them sell products. And tongue fall. detection. And tongue detection. I know detection. that sounds silly, but I still do this. I still stick my tongue out with, with an emoji. Because, I don't know, it's just like a thing. Like, yeah, it make, you know. part of making a funny face. And so, you know, and it's like, it's great to be a koala or a T-Rex or whatever, but I want to be me. Yeah. Because everyone tries to find an emoji that they feel sums them up as a person. Well, now I don't need to do that because I could just be me. Or I could make you and I could be you. I might oh, make a little Jason. Weird. Now, Stephen Hackett, though, he needs to just remain the lion. Because he is a lion. He is the lion emoji. He is a lion. But there's a tiger now. There is a tiger. So I could be the tiger. He could mm, be the lion. And I would be a monkey, I think, in that scenario. <laughs> There's still a, uh, a few more things. There's One. still a gigantic, mind-blowing thing we haven't talked about about iOS, yes. and a little thing I want to talk about. A little thing that you're photos, excited about. And one which is like I cannot even begin to fathom the ramifications you, of something you should, like this. I'll, I'll walk you through it. The, the sinking feeling I had as I realized what yeah. I was seeing, and before it got to the big denouement at the end of uh-huh. that demo, it was amazing. I was like elbowing Renee <laughs> and Serenity, and I was like, "You see what that is? You see what that is?" But we'll get there. We'll get there. This episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Timing. We love Timing. Uh, Timing have actually, they're doing a great thing for us right now. They're they're sponsoring this show. They're sponsoring a bunch of our shows over at WWDC. They're really helping us this week, and we really love them for that. And with all this new stuff coming up, we've just been talking about it, how great it is to know how we spend our time using technology and how we can get more productive using it. Instead of making you just start and stop timers all the time, Timing automatically tracks how much time you're spending on each app, document, and website on your Mac, and it shows you exactly when you were working on what when you slacked off and how productive you've been so you know how to improve your productivity it's a lot like this new screen time feature on ios 12 but for the mac and it was that was one of the things when i saw this i was like oh i remember the first time i saw timing on the mac and i was like oh man i would love something like this on ios too because to be able to just go into your devices and see exactly how you're using them is super super powerful and timing it's also very beautiful. Make fantastic charts, really great graphs. Breaks everything down so neatly, and it does all categorization stuff for you too. Um, it's really, really awesome. Uh, but work doesn't just happen at your Mac, and timing know this, so they automatically make suggestions for filling gaps in your timeline as well. That way you'll never again forget to enter that meeting that you were on. Timing is so confident that you're going to love their fuss-free approach. They offer a totally free trial. You can download the 14-day trial today by going to timingapp.com upgrade and save 10% when you purchase. That is timingapp.com slash upgrade for a 14-day trial and 10% off when you purchase. Stop guessing how you spend your time and focus on doing what you're good at. We thank Timing for their support of this show and Relay FM and our live shows this year. Yes. Really appreciate it for that. 
So uh, you got, a, I think, a little surprise, some photos enhancements. I, I don't even think we were expecting anything there, really. Well, there's always something with photos. And this is a really quick thing, but the best thing that Apple has had in photos the last few years has been search. The search stuff is amazing. Mm-hmm. And they made it better, including the one that you're going to think is obvious because it was obvious, but they just didn't do it yet, which is searching for multiple items at once. So basically, I didn't know you should sh- do that. Show me a photo. <laughs> show me a photo of cars, horses with horses and mountains. Yeah, and mountains. There's a mountain out there. Right? Where's the horse? Um, and you can do that now. So that's great. And they they broadened it out, and they they added a whole bunch of like more places that they're floating it up. One of the things that I've said before is um, that photos should be more fun. Like they need to do a better job of floating kind of all of this material they've got. So they've got a new tab that's going to say on this date there was this photo, a lot of that stuff. But the um, and sharing and speaking of um, messages as a social network. Um, Rather than doing, it appears, the sharing that I wanted, which is some direct library sharing so that my wife and I can have the same library, they are doing this thing where they're sharing full-resolution photos with other people and doing face recognition to uh, realize, oh, this person's in your photo. Um, You should share with this group. And then um, you use messages to share it at full resolution. And then what happens on the other side is that it scans their library and says, you also have photos from this event. Would you like to throw them in the pot, basically? And that's very clever. And it's all based on messages, again, which is interesting that that's the, it's all, it's the, hub. It's the linchpin of their, of their but communication it's knowing strategy. That, I mean, that to me just shows they know how people use their devices. I think that's right. Right. And it's like, we know that you have a close friend group, you probably have a thread with them. Yeah. Right. Or like there is a, a, a bunch of chains or whatever that link all these people together. Like, and then they don't have to worry about like, because they control messages, they don't have to worry about like formats and putting it in places where you're going an email or like that it stays in messages and then messages can be hooked back into photos to say you just got this group photo set i'm going to go back in the background and ask photos do i have photos from the same event and throw them in the pile that's something that they couldn't do with some outside service at least not easily and they can do it with their own i like that apple are giving me reasons to spend the time to do the face recognition stuff in photos mm-hmm. you know like for me to say this is jason right because you know? then then it's gonna it's now gonna... it's worth it because previously it's like this isn't worth it to yeah. me like to actually say this is this person this is this person but that's the kind of stuff that's that's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna be helpful all right so siri shortcuts yeah so siri shortcuts is mind-blowing um and it seems i can't believe we're you know saying anything is mind-blowing that r- relates to siri but so the idea here is it's something that we've talked about, like how do you get apps more integrated with Siri? And the way they do it is they say, any app can expose some quick actions to Siri. Very clearly, there's a little tile that shows up in your app that says, you know, you can add this to Siri. Um, and once you do that, you can assign a phrase and say, hey, Siri, do this thing in this app. And it knows what that app can do. And it's very it does clever. It. And then uh, from there, you can also do suggestions because Siri suggestions engine that already knew things about how you use your device on a at a time or at a place. It showed one like you you order a coffee in the Fills app every morning. Right. Well, it just starts popping up and saying, "Do you want to make that order?" And it's from a notification. You say, "Yeah." Right. So it used to be all kind of Apple based stuff, and now what it's saying is, if an app developer and they, you have to read between the lines here, but if an app developer has a defined function in their app 
and say, this is the ordering part. There is now a methodology to connect where Siri knows that that app can do that. You can give it a name and Siri will kick it off and not even open the app in the foreground and we'll do that. And that it will then be part of Siri suggestions. This is the moment where I thought to myself, wait a second. Once you're having apps identify, here's a function and here's how you can access it from outside, you're basically, it's basically automation. It's basically scriptability or uh, for iOS purposes, it's workflow. Because the whole way that things like workflow work is it's an app saying, here are the things I can do. And then somebody else can say, do that thing. Or mm -hmm. here's some information, process this thing. And knowing what we know, which is that the workflow app team was bought by not just Apple, but by the Siri group at Apple. Not widely known, but we mentioned it at least once or twice. Uh, this was that sinking feeling where I'm like, oh, I started elbowing like Renee next to me. And I said, this is, this is what the workflow people have been working on. Because this is very clearly, subtly, the underlying technology that they used being applied to individual actions kicked off by Siri. How clever. What a great idea. Yeah. And then they said, oh, also we have an app called Shortcuts, and it's totally and it's workflow. workflow. Yeah. <laughs> Which you can just build. Look at this. You can build a thing, and it will do all these things for you, and then you trigger it with Siri. And I'm like, okay, so here's not my subtle feeling. anymore. That's workflow. This workflow is probably going away now, I'm going to assume. The real question is, how functional is the shortcuts versus yes. workflow. So is shortcuts everything that workflow is? Like, am I or still going to get really... my web API stuff? Yeah, or, or is, is that going to go or away? Or is it really dumbed down? But then I'm thinking, okay, so let's say I use, lose my web API stuff, which would, be, which would suck, right, if that was to go. But if this becomes a thing that's part of Siri, part of the OS, mm -hmm. I will probably end up getting more utility out of it in the long run because more applications will be able to talk to this system and I will be able to change stuff together. When you're using you're using a web API for like toggle for time tracking. Right. So what will happen toggle is toggle can just integrate with we'll, shortcuts. We'll just build it be in better. your app. Yeah. So like this is my hope that like we may lose some stuff, but this system is the system we always right. wanted. Yeah, my fear my fear is that it will be really limited and workflow will also die and we'll end up with this kind of like light version mm -hmm. um i hope that doesn't happen i hope it's more full featured than that it is really excited though that on stage at wwdc they demoed a user feature that is essentially automator right because that's what workflow is for ios where a bunch of unrelated steps are being applied together assigned yeah. to a series shortcut like a morning thing right like yeah playing a different radio station ordering the coffee like that is amazing yeah. right because these are things like that stuff i can't do that stuff with workflow right now so it's like i might lose some stuff but i want all that well and it motivates more apps including really mainstream apps that's that i think is maybe the biggest yeah. difference yeah. is is starbucks ever going to make an effort to build something in to support workflow Never. i mean they're maybe maybe gone, they right. maybe they do, but maybe because uh, I don't know the background. But my guess is no. And if they did, then somebody else like is a big mainstream app that is not a a nerdy iOS productivity app going to go to the trouble of like building in workflow support? No. But you look at the Siri thing and you're like, oh yeah, we got to do that. 
because we got to be able to say just tell Siri to order Starbucks mm-hmm. and it automatically orders your drink and then you go pick it up. Like that that's so cool. And that's the power of the platform owner putting it on every single iPhone. Like I'm just going to say right so I've been talking a lot about this over the last week. Right. My one of my biggest dreams of WWDC this year, one of my biggest hopes is that we would see why. Why did Apple do this? Yeah. And th- what they showed on stage That would have been a great draft pick. An explanation well, for why Apple bought Apple, like I kind of got it in you did, there, right? You did. You just sneak it in there, it turns out. But I didn't want to be so sp- specific like that in the draft, right? So I, that was just like, give me automation. Automation for 10. Yeah. Um, but th- this reason is, for me, the best possible reason for them to buy that company. Yes, this is the this is the best case scenario Deep in that way. Integration mm-hmm. with the entire operating system mm-hmm. and every app within it. The, because the thing is like app developers will want to tie into the Siri shortcuts thing where you can say ask Siri to do this and then just as a user we also then get the short we get the like the shortcuts app when we mm-hmm. can then chain all this stuff together. Well, what I like about it so when I heard there's sirens going on in the background, so everyone's so excited. Um, that's right. That's that's the workflow <laughs> siren. They did it, everybody. They did it. Um, uh, when when I found out when somebody and I don't even remember when it happened, but somebody came up to me and said, "You know who bought Workflow, right?" This is like two years ago. It was Siri. And I was like, "What?" Like I assumed it would be the core OS group, and it wasn't. It was Siri. I'm like, "That's really weird." But over the intervening time, what I've thought is, well, you know what? Best case scenario is, what's the modern way on a modern operating system, especially on a handheld device, that you would do, you know, run scripts, run workflows, do keyboard shortcut combinations? The answer is Siri, right? Mm -hmm. The answer is you build your shortcut and then you just tell it to execute it. And that's what they built, which is pretty great. I'm excited. And you can trigger them from the HomePod. That was your mention, and that's awesome. Right? Right. I'm really excited. I cannot, yeah. like... There's going to be the letdown, right? There's going to be a letdown where yeah. we realize, oh, but it and doesn't do this. I'm prepared for it. I'm prepared for it. And, mm. and, and the thing is, here's the thing. Okay. The workflow app thing. is a third-party app. They can't delete it from my phone. I can hang on to it for sure. a while and then hope that they put in the features that I want and or wait for all of the third-party developers to receive pressure. So, like, you know... I'm going to be emailing Toggle and saying, I really hope, as a user, please look at this. Please, please integrate this. This is so powerful for your system. And I'm sure that the Toggle developers have seen that today and they're like, yes, like that is perfect. Because I've always wanted to be able to, with my voice, start a, a Toggle timer and haven't had a way to do it. Also, and this just occurs to me now, um, the way Workflow worked, you needed an app to support workflow and do an app update and then workflow needed to be updated to add that app mm-hmm. to the directory. Whereas this Siri shortcuts presumably, and we'll go to the conference and you know, the developers will learn this. I, there's presumably a Siri shortcuts API session, but there's an API, right? Which means if you add it to your app, I think it just shows up like as an option. That would be my assumption. Right. It's like so, there's so some, some call that you make to the system and mm-hmm. then it just shows up because I would expect that you see all of the stuff. What I would want to see is you see all the stuff you have and then there's they have the it looks just like workflow. They have the the, the, the home the, screen the, looks the, like workflow, the the, 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 the workflow list looks thing like workflow. Yeah. Have, right. It's so I'm really excited about this. I am so, so happy to see 
that this is the result. Yeah. Like that yeah. I'm really, really excited. But should talk about the Mac. We should. There's up by the way, look, there's so much that we're not gonna cover it all today. We're just gonna try and hit a lot of big things. Uh, I wanna talk about the Mac App Store. Yeah. So we have we have um Mojave, right? And you've got your dark mode. Dark mode's really cool. Um all that Mo- stuff is yes. Mojave Mojave. Mojave. Which um of course, now we're going to have to spend a, a, a uh, as we did with Yosemite, a uh, a year where people Mojave. call it Mojave, Mojave, uh, um, but it's Mojave. And there is, you know, there's some stuff there. There's little features or whatever, right? There's there's little little features, right? Here's you know, some new finder stuff. Yeah, dark mode is good. Dark that mode was is the fine. however many years ago, four years ago, when they did the I dark think, menu I bar. Like the look of it though. I think I think that there's refinement needed. Oh, and they it did, just looked inverted. Is they, what it looked to me. They um. They did a another thing, which is a Sherlocking, which is for years now people have been making these um, motion uh, backdrop mm-hmm. things where yeah. over time, the, like it's based it on nature photos for the whole day, yeah. and it changes your background, and that's built in, which I think is intriguing because that means that presumably somebody will figure out where that's coming from and will be able to like build new ones. So maybe other people will build in like cool. Uh, rotating yeah. things around there but yeah the dark mode i think is good because it means that app developers like every well not every app many writing apps that i use have themes mm-hmm. but you have to turn them all on and off on their own and that's the nice thing about this dark mode is that you could say when i'm in dark mode i want white text on a black background <laughs> and when i'm in not dark mode i want black text on a white background mm-hmm. and that's and then i just flip a switch or do a keyboard shortcut and it just changes it's like yes thank you that's that is exactly what i want so nothing nothing earth shattering there but um you know a bunch of little stuff that i think is encouraging um a bunch of finder before we get to the um uh the the app store um bunch of finder changes Mm -hmm. and by the way when i was at MacWorld, we always had this debate about whether it would be referred to as the finder or as just finder and i like that they put up a slide that said finder and then craig said let's talk about the finder (laughs) no answer because that is how well no that's the answer is Uh, it's the name of it is finder but it is always the finder because it's not like ipad and the ipad no 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 ipad and no it's 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 the finder it's It's the finder because it finds things so in there they did a whole bunch of they did a new view and they did a whole bunch of quick look improvements and this is where automator came into mention which was kind of fascinating that one of the things you can do is is it's basically i think services which has been there forever and it's another another uh uh, expansion of where that is where you know you can and I use those all the time actually um, where you can set off an automated action um, on something that's in the finder and they've kind of like extended that to their you know rotating photos from within uh, quick look and mm-hmm. things like that which are natural or or uh, dragging things out like they um, the desktop changes with desktop stacks is an example of um, a designer realizing that the way that they intend people to use their computer is not how they it's use their computer. Use it that way. And that is, a, that is a very adult way of approaching a problem, which is, you know what? Okay, the users aren't going to do it the way I think they should. So let me give them a good looking way. How do I, yeah, how do I make it better (laughs) with the fact that everybody's going to throw their crap on their desktop? And so they've tried to do that. And as a, a veteran desktop crap thrower, I am interested to see whether that is a feature I like or hate. 
Mac App Store. Mac App Store. So it got the stuff that we, I guess, would have expected. It got a redesign. It's going to have stories. It's, it's going to have yeah. They're going to they're going to have some content on it like they do on the iOS App Store to they make have it three tabs: work, play, and develop, which I thought were kind of cool. So that they're like three little category tabs that are in the sidebar. Yeah, and acknowledging that a big part of their professional audience on the Mac is the developer audience, which I think is which really is interesting. Which yeah. is very important to to acknowledge that. Um, but then they started talking about some developers mm-hmm. that were returning or debuting on the App Store. Office 365, Adobe Lightroom, mm-hmm. Transmit from Panic, and BB Edit from Bare Bones. Yeah. Now, you put that up on the slides and it's great and amazing that they were mentioned. But the notable thing is BB Edit and Transmit left. That's right. The, the subtext there for why they mentioned those apps is that they both were high-profile abandonments of the Mac App Store. As we are recording this, the State of the Union is starting pretty soon, right? If not already? No, it's in like, yeah, about 45 minutes from now, they're going to start the State of the Union. I can only assume that during the State of the Union, they're going to give some kind of explanation as to how those apps can return. Because those apps left, I believe both of them, because of sandboxing rules. I think so. And so how can these apps come back? So the big question, and this was my question going in, is if Apple wants to redo the Mac App Store, putting new App Store editorial content mm-hmm. is not enough. No, because, because there's not enough apps to write that's about. That's right, because because of the restrictions. And what's funny is that in all of Phil Schiller's time being back in charge of the stores, the Mac App Store hasn't changed very much. So the message seems to be with Transmit and BB Edit going back to the Mac App Store that Apple is changing somehow the terms of getting your app on the Mac App Store. Um, I'm unclear on what that means. It is smart of them because that has been the problem with the Mac App Store. Yes. Is, is uh, there are lots of apps that are very useful and they have to create a broken version to get it inside sandboxing because of the way that the security model worked. It just didn't work right with a lot of what they do. And of course, Apple's own apps often would never be allowed in the Mac App Store if we Apple didn't know build them. We also don't know the details for, we don't, for these. Like, we don't so know what these apps are going to look like in the Mac App Store. We literally know nothing about yep. this other than the fact that this is suspicious to me that they have made changes to the rules. Now, one thing that they did mention is that they've changed a lot of the secure, default security and privacy settings where like on iOS, they're going to, you're going to have to ask permission before you get access to very specific kinds of information, including the camera and the microphone and a bunch of other stuff. And I had somebody suggest to me that maybe part of that is that now that there are, there are kind of these broad rules and there's the ability to ask permission, that maybe that opens things up for more Mac apps because now they have the ability to ask permission and maybe that works better. By the way, extending the uh, microphone protections means that every single app that podcasters use is going to have to have a, I'm going to use your microphone. Is that okay on it the first time you launch it? So be it. Let's hope that all the apps that we use are old. (laughs) Actually get updated to support (laughs) that. That would be nice. So, um, So whether it's that or whether it's something else, um, or whether, I have to be fair, whether it's non-technical, whether it's a change in the terms, a change in the revenue revenue percentage, um, something that got Transmit 
and bare bones and, or trans- and BB Edit and, and Adobe. Right, Microsoft and Adobe. I can see. I can, it's a little bit different of a thing, but like the two high-profile, long-time Mac apps that went off the store, like obviously Rich Siegel and Cable Sasser are probably already explaining themselves outside right now. These conversations are occurring because so they're I, being mobbed. So we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, but we I'm I'm in, intrigued by that because that suggests to me that Apple realizes, and they're not dumb, Apple realizes that you can put really nice content promoting the apps that are in the App Store up five days a week on the Mac App Store like you do on iOS. And it doesn't matter if there are no apps in the store because it's a two-tiered problem. It's like, yes, you're not promoting them maybe as well as you could, but your rules preclude great apps from being in the store that exist on the platform. I'm really intrigued to see how this ends up going in the long run. Like, is this going to bring Sketch back to the Mac App Store? Like, what is this going to be? Because I think Apple have done this now. They put these, you know... Really, all they needed to do for the majority of people there was to show Office and Adobe, right? Like, they have taken great steps to show to indie Mac developers um, who make very specific applications, right? That, like, nobody, I don't think, that is watching this is sitting there going, like, well, I'm just not going to get Transmit because it's not in the App Store. Like, I'm just not going to get it. Like, I need it, but but I'm not going to get it. Like, that, that isn't a situation that's occurring. They're making a statement, and I wonder what this what this statement means, how it's going to play out, like... If they make these changes, let's assume, because what we can do right now is assume, that let's say that uh, it's a mix of both technical and some kind of businessy change, which has meant that these developers will want to come back or join in the first place. Does that make Apple look strong, or does that make Apple look not strong? Because they made a decision mm-hmm. about the way the Mac App Store was going to be, and that decision was based upon what they felt was the right thing to do. And they've now changed, potentially changed that, decision and what does that look like i think it makes apple i don't think it makes apple look strong or not strong it it because the end result is positive for apple the end result is that maybe it makes they get look those, realistic they get those things on the platform yeah that's right um that that that's really what it is about is making the platform stronger um the reality is that the last announcement of the day is the thing that's going to make the Mac App Store more viable. Yes. Do you want to talk about anything else with the Mac App Store before we get into the sneak peek? No. All right. So let me take our final break, and we'll talk about the uh, the sneak peek. Today's show is also brought to you by Eero. With Eero, you'll never need to worry that your Wi-Fi isn't fast enough to stream movies or download files because they've created the Wi-Fi setup of dreams, a fast, reliable connection that you can get throughout your entire house. The second-gen Eero includes a third 5 gigahertz radio, making it twice as fast as before. Whatever your Wi-Fi needs, Eero will blanket your entire home in a fast, reliable Wi-Fi connection. It sits flat on any surface. Just plug it into the wall with the included power adapter and you're ready to connect your Eero either with Ethernet or wirelessly. And the included thread radio means you can connect to low-power devices like locks, doorbells, and more. They also have the tiny Eero beacon as well. So all you do is you plug these into any wall socket and you'll expand coverage to any room so you don't need to move to a different part of the house to get that fast internet speed. It even includes a built-in LED night light in the beacons with an ambient light sensor and you can plug in as many of those as you want around your home to extend your Wi-Fi coverage. The Eero app lets you control your network 
from your phone. It's no hassle to create and share a guest network too, and their customer support is amazing. You can call Eero and get hold of a Wi-Fi expert in just 30 seconds. Jason, when you're in a, in a big event like today, do you miss your Eero? <laughs> I saw there was oh, some boy. Wi-Fi connection problems today. The developer Nikita. event, the developers get on the Wi-Fi and destroy it immediately. So it's, you, know, <laughs> you just have to, yeah, thank goodness for my cellular devices in those cases. But I bet it's that, you know, Eero's fast. Eero's, it helps you work everything out at home and it gives you a kind of a, a good feeling, right? You, you like using your Eero devices. It's a shame when you can't be mm. around them. Uh, you can get your own Eero system, including one second-gen Eero and two beacons for just $399. This is everything you'll need to get started. And you don't have to wait weeks to get a hold of your new Dream Wi-Fi setup. Listeners, this show can get free overnight shipping in the U.S. or Canada when you head to Eero.com, E-E-R-O.com, and use the promo code UPGRADE. I've used Eero devices many times, and I am always surprised at just how fast and reliable they are. Um, throughout entire homes it really is a great system once again that is eero.com e-e-r-o.com with the promo code upgrade for free overnight shipping we thank eero for their continued support of this show and relay fm before we go on i want to i want to mention my favorite um favorite easter egg of the entire keynote which is that one of the labels in the finder on the mojave demo was titled it's road trip which Okay, at the iPad Air 2 keynote in, in October of 2014, they did a demo of an app that like built a whole fancy video for you. And they there was a typo oh, on stage. Oh, I remember that. Which was, instead of Utah Road Trip, it was It's, it's road, road Trip, <laughs> which is this weird, like, it's road trip, everybody. Because what's amazing is, if you watch that video now... Oh, yeah, they fixed it. They changed it. it. They changed it. Like, they used video from a, a rehearsal, or they or they, they, they obscured it, and yep. they replaced it with the right thing. Anyway, but It's Road Trip was, like, it was a little That's joke good. we made four years ago about, like, oh, It's Road Trip... They, you know, it just, we'd, hey, everybody, it's road trip. <laughs> well, today in it the finder, trip. That one of the tags was literally, it's road trip. That's very good. And did anyone I, notice I, it I in me? I don't that. know, but it made me giggle in the seats. That's excellent. Like, I really oh, like that. It's road trip. It's, oh, I remember good times, good so, times. At the end of the, the Mac OS demo, Craig takes the stage and he's like, people ask me the question all the time, are we merging iOS and Mac OS? And he says, no. Of no. course not. Why would we do that? That's crazy. We love the Mac. We love the Mac. They love the Mac a lot today. Everybody loves the Mac. Tim loved a Mac. Everyone was loving the Mac. <laughs> um, but what they did announce was a sneak peek. A sneak peek of bringing UIKit to the Mac. Yeah, and this is another example of um, kind of agenda setting where at the beginning... Multi-year project. Yeah, at the beginning they said, no, you know, it's all about software. And at the end, very impressively, they said, okay, let's talk about some iOS and talk. Mac OS. Let's have some real talk. Some real talk. They, 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 Craig turned the chair around, <laughs> sat on it backward, you know, put on his hat. Tied it backwards. Yeah, everything going backwards. Everything's turned backward. He's like, let's, let's do some straight talk. Um, they, here's the thing. They knew, this is, this is the impact of people like um, Steve Trouton-Smith and Guillaume Rambo who take apart all the pieces of software that Apple releases to get evidence of what the heck Apple is doing. Like they knew that when they shipped the beta and people saw stocks, news, voice recorder, and the home app that Apple was building them using new technology. Mm -hmm. 
that was allowing them to bring their iOS apps to the Mac. And Apple also is at the point where they know that everybody's talking about this and there have been rumors about this for months, but they don't have anything for developers right now. So what do you do? And I would argue the old Apple would just pretend it wasn't happening and never admit to it. But um, instead, they said, here's what's going on. Yep. It's commitment to the Mac. We think the Mac is great. And and he, he gave some specifics, which I liked. Um, the specifics of Mac hardware, he said, are why the Mac exists. Ergonomic input devices, um, or the ergonomics around the, the machines and the input devices, the flexibility of the displays. They're like, I'm going to go back and write down exactly what he said yeah, because I, I think I kind of missed some of because this. that's the most information we've gotten of like what makes the Mac the Mac I think that was interesting but that all said we do want to bring iOS and the app ecosystem from iOS to the Mac and so they're going to take key frameworks from UIKit and put it on the Mac especially involving and again, there was a whole list, trackpad and mouse input, window yep. resizing, scroll bars, copy and paste. And then they said, we're dogfooding it, right? Phase one is we are, we are going to use it ourselves for apps that are going to ship with Mojave. Use it. It turns out it, it's great. <laughs> you know, turns out it didn't work. Sorry, everybody. Back to the drawing board. It's not something he was ever going to say. But he said, it was great. We were able to do it. You guys will get to do this next year. But in the meantime, enjoy these apps that we took from iOS and put on the Mac. Like, I have a couple of specifics about what this stuff will do. You know, he said, like, taking your iPad apps and making them work with some key conventions of the Mac. So, resizing to have them be able, you know, to to have the window controls, pointing devices. Like, these are the things that they will, what this is enabling. So, that that's kind of how it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, stuff that doesn't exist on iOS that needs to exist yeah. or, or doesn't exist like it exists on the Mac. So here's my thing. Multi-year project. Is that just one way? I don't know. Right? Because that's my feeling is like, well, let's when, go both once, ways. Once you've got iOS apps that are capable of doing windowing, could you have on large screen iOS devices, could you have them or do trackpad. windowing or a trackpad? Sure. Right. So... I think that this was really smart because if they wouldn't have done this today, we would have spent a significant amount of time on this show talking about the fact that there was no discussion of this. And more to the point, hours over the next year talking about whether Apple was doing this. So we go from all they did is spend 10 minutes doing something that's not really going to affect anything. The most it's going to affect is people might not redesign their Mac apps. That is going to be a-okay. Like, everyone's going to be fine with that, right? Mm -hmm. Because what happens now is we spend the next year talking positively about what 2019 is going to bring, Mm -hmm. imagining all of the possibilities of iOS apps on the Mac. What are they going to look like? iOS developers get to look at their applications now and be like, hmm, let me think. How would I want this to look and spend time thinking positively about this rather than for the like in three weeks time we come back to this conversation of why didn't they do that yeah it's and i think it shows you one of the things that apple kind of abdicated when it went super secret about literally everything apple still got a lot of secrecy right but there there's smart secrecy and then there's like dumb secrecy Mm -hmm. Apple gets to set the agenda 
for discussions of its platforms and its uh, and what developers are planning and talking about. You can set the agenda. And one of the ways you set the agenda is say, this is where we're going. And if you're so committed to secrecy that you can't say where you're going, you can't set the agenda. And by doing this, they did. They said, here's where we're going. 2019, you're going to get it. You're not going to get it before then. And 2019 developers will get access to this. It also opens the door, by the way, for Apple to roll some version of this out before WWDC next year, even, and say, here's some tools for developers to start working on Give this. It a go. In, yeah. in a late version of Mojave or something like that. Or most likely it's it's next year's macOS release, but not necessarily. And uh, and now everybody knows it. Everybody is aware of it. And uh, they we can all move on. And Apple has set what the conversation is going to be about by disclosing that. So, you know, good. Right move. The right move, I think. I'm really excited about it. I'm yeah. really pleased that they've done well, it. Well, it is, as we've said in all our discussions about all of these related topics, it's a big deal because Apple has this incredibly engaged world of um, iOS developers and they all use Macs to develop their software yet they can't really make Mac software because not easily because it's so foreign. It's a completely different, you know, UI kit app kit. Like they're very different. You can, and some people are more comfortable with it than others, but this is sort of saying you've already got an iOS app. It's great. How can we let you take that to the Mac? Without so it being too much work. This. Like, this is going to be so good. And it will lead, I think, when you talk about the blowback on iOS, I have a hard time believing that, you know, it'll be up to Apple to decide if they're going to let you have uh, Windows and uh, pointing devices on large screen iOS devices. But, like, keyboard shortcuts is a good example where it will probably lead to iOS devices having way better keyboard short or iOS apps having way better there keyboard shortcuts. There are just some, some really cool practicalities that are going to come out of this that will help the iPad. And I probably have so. I 100% believe that Apple are incredibly aware of this. And part of this process is to push the iPad forward as much as they're pushing the Mac forward. Like I genuinely believe this because most of the apps will be iPad size. Yes, that is something that came up a few times where they talked about... Um, well, we in fact, Mike, we have proof of this, which is those apps that they talked about, a bunch of them were like stocks, first time on the iPad, voice recorder, first, first time, time on, on the, the iPad. iPad. Why is that? Well, because they rewrote them and made those changes to make them work on the Mac, and they're also on the iPad now. Apple themselves Absolutely. believe that an application that they put on the Mac can be as powerful as the application they put on the iPad, Right. <laughs> That is, I bold think, statement. It's a bold statement, and I and I hope that I genuinely see this as being one of the first real things that stops this war between the iPad and the Mac, and like the iPad's going to kill the Mac, you know, no, all that kind of stuff. Because now they can move together. They can move together, and then it's a matter of what you want to use. Yeah, you want to use this device that has this hardware, this device that has this hardware, but they're all going to be capable. I would also say that um, once iOS apps are being brought to the Mac with support for pointing devices and things like that, they also have support for touch. Right, they most certainly. They do. also have support for touch, and then I, I keep going off on little roads like this. Too. I'm like, well, then doesn't it make an ARM transition a little bit easier in the future? Yes, and yep, yep, you know, exactly like, right. All of this touchscreen Macs are easier. Year, ARM is this easier. Is the next five to ten years, and it's, it's starting now with news, stocks, <laughs> yeah, home, and, and voice voice recorder. memo, voice memos. Yeah, <laughs> should we talk about watchOS. Sure, I want to say super quick. 
if I'm a little hoarse today, uh, it's we because whooping. Of, it was the Watch OS segment. So <laughs> I can't get into this too much right now because I'm a little bit too emotional about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You um, see, now you're, it's just because you love the Apple Watch so much and you were so, so excited by the features that they announced. So uh, our podcast were debuted for the Apple Watch today and they used Connected as the, um, as the, the, the on-stage all promo art on stage was was connected. They had like a little Siri text to play the connected podcast. Yeah, I was screaming and then kind of crying. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I had a I had a real moment today. It was incredible, and um, I'm very excited to share with Stephen and Federico that moment on Wednesday. Uh, so yeah, that was I achieved today a life goal that I've had that I never thought would have been possible which is that you got in the keynote to be forever like immortalized in that like i can't believe it and and i'm absolutely blown away i had no idea this was going to happen uh it was an incredible feeling but that's all i'm going to say on it for now all right let's talk about it so it was broken down into kind of two prongs health and fitness and being connected (laughs) it's kind of funny Mm. i thought that was pretty funny yeah uh um Health and fitness stuff looks really cool. So adding challenges in, I think, is really smart. Yeah. So me and you could set a seven-day challenge. Right, who can do the least? Who can- <laughs> I don't think that that's what they're going for, but yes, it's probably what would happen. Okay, low score. Who got the low score? Who does it? Mike, I need to go get to the refrigerator, but I can't because it would, it would give me a move. I'm going to take my watch off. Yeah, yeah that's right. I'm going to leave it here. Because I don't want to move around. On the last episode, and I'll bring out I did, I said yoga tracking. We had a bunch of people send us tweets and say, oh, they already do yoga tracking. And then, you know, Serenity Caldwell said, ah, but, but it doesn't do it right. It's a generic. All it's doing is saying, I started a workout, I ended a workout. Yeah. It's not actually tracking yoga in the same way that, like, Craig Ockenberry was swimming. With like a series two, yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't but measuring it was just his starting swimming. a workout and going on a workout. Yeah. So now but, there's a real yoga workout type and a real I wasn't expecting this hiking workout yeah. type, which is a thing that I do all the time because I live next to a mountain and I we will take our dog and we will hike up the side of the mountain and um, I the, I do that as a walk, which always seems really dumb because it's like it's hey, totally different. You're walking. Why Why is your heart rate at 160? Because I'm I, I'm like, walking up the side of a it's mountain. Like, oh, you're walking slowly. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're very slow now. <laughs> why is your heart rate so much? So there's a, a hiking workout type that was uh, that was pretty cool too. Um, and they they're tuning the running stuff and which automatic is nice. workout detection, and then the big starting one. and stopping. Automatic That's really workout good. detection and uh, an alert when. This happens to me all the time when, like, I get home and the last thing I am going to remember to do is swipe and tap and turn off my workout. And then I'm wandering around the house with my, uh, you know, the Apple Watch draining its battery because it's got the uh, the heart rate monitor on all the time. They're like, no, no, it's going to, it'll tap you and be like, looks like you're done. Yeah, I like that. Uh, uh, then they had, like, excited. the other side of it was the being connected part. And they added, they said, oh, you know, there's all these great ways to talk. And we've added a new one. I was like, oh, no, not again. Right. Like, I'm taking back the digital touch. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. But they added one that I think makes a lot of sense of walkie-talkie mode. Which How fun. Was this not... I, I think this was something that was... Uh, so it must have been awful. I think this was rumored that, that this was ready to go like 
a couple of years ago, and then they just never. Put it may it have been like there. a hardware thing, you Could know, be. like the quality of the microphones and the speakers and stuff. And is it useful without cellular as much? Yeah. You know, like all these things. And I think it's really cool. Like, so again, me and you, we, I would say, do you want to be a walkie-talkie buddy? And you'd say, yeah. And then I could send you messages. You can send them back to yeah. me. I think that's cute. I think it's nice. It'll work for some people and yeah. not work for others. And you just if it do, if you don't like that kind of thing, you can just turn it off. And I think it's fine. a fun little feature, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Siri watch face got all of the improvements I wanted. Yep, third-party apps. It got more stuff of their own. Yeah. Support for Siri shortcuts. You can launch a Siri shortcut straight yeah. from the Siri watch face because yeah. it will recommend what it thinks you need at that time. Well, of course they can because there's workflow for, yep, for uh, watch OS. So why and then not? the third-party app support, which is fantastic. Right, and, um, and seems very much, like again, built on this idea of apps providing... I, here's a thing I can do. Here's a thing I know. Like when that's, they that's so good. they showed this, and they showed uh, more interactive notifications. You can do more with notifications, and I thought to myself, "Oh, that's the OS now." Going into the future, my belief is that the Siri watch face and more interactive notifications is kind of what Watch OS is going to be, and that like straight up apps will be much less so. That could be. Much less important. Much, anyway, much less important. Because you can get access to the pieces that you need. Because it as should if they're be integrated showing you with what you need at that time. Yeah. You know, Siri's going to be becoming more and more functional. And you know, it's kind of, this is just pushing towards new UI. They're really, and I've got to hand it to Apple. Every year, they are like tearing huge parts of watchOS down and starting again with them. Like they are not like ashamed or like... Uh, trying to hide with this they like keep trying new things to find the things that work and i think i applaud them for that now here's one i don't understand the removal of the ahoy telephone yeah well i I think the idea there is that if you're raising your wrist to talk to it you you don't necessarily it's listening but like what is a raising of a wrist yeah that's the issue right like if i do put my arm on the table, and I say, oh, hey, Jason, blah, 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 blah. Like, is, is Siri, is Siri going to start just, like, yeah. well, making some commands? We'll have to see. They must They must. They have, must feel very confident in this Have recognized one. that there's a certain gesture that you use when you're triggering that catchphrase by picking it up and talking right at it. I'm really keen to see what this one looks like because I'm very skeptical of, of like, how how that will not misfire all the time. Yeah, it's hard to believe that they would announce that feature if they haven't already tested it and figured out that they just don't need the trigger phrase anymore. I mean, that the obviously that is, is why they've the done it, right? But like, I'm just really keen to see how it ends up looking because that one seems like, it just seems dubious to me that you would get that to work the way you would always want it to. Right, because instead of going ahoy timepiece, begin an outdoor walk, you would literally just raise your wrist and say, begin outdoor walk and... That's and it like yep I know what it is. And Set a timer works, for five minutes. That is awesome. If because it works, I, I kind of hate having to do that all the time. Yeah, you know, like it hey just Chew, hey little stubby guy, like do yeah. the thing. Like you know, I just you know, I I I, I find it mo- mostly frustrating, really. Yeah. So I'm excited about that if if that does work, but I'm also very dubious of it. Web content is cool. So somebody sends you a link, you can kind of get a little preview of it. That's yeah, and it'll super go into reader useful. mode. That that was one of those things where they're like, no, 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 no web on the iP- on the Apple Watch. No, nobody ever wants to do it. And then somebody sends you an attachment. Like, or no, I don't want a web browser. You're right, I don't. But if you send if if you text me, oh, here's and they use the menu, right? This is where we're going to go for dinner tonight. What do you think? And I'm out. 
And it's just a sorry. I'm because unable this to is show like it one, to you. One of the things that I've found frustrating about the LTE watch is that it just never delivered on the promise of you don't need your phone anymore. You like this idea? I mean, yes, you can go out and do it. Yeah, but do like it. for very specific use cases, yeah. you know? Like I, I think the dream with this LTE watch is like ultimately you're good. You just don't need it. You know, and, and so having stuff like this is just another kind of mm. another way that they're chipping away at the basics of what a, a, a smart device needs to have. Um, and then again, podcasts and background audio they're adding. So that's going to be really good for for third-party apps. Marco yeah, so, seemed excited about that. So the that. native native podcast play support on the watch, which should have been there ages ago, but is there now, mm-hmm. and support for background audio for other apps. So it's like the good news and bad news for somebody like Marco Arment is the bad news is there's a podcast app on the device now. The good news is he can also write his podcast app on the device now and play things in the background. I'm and, assuming by streaming, like I'm not 100 percent sure what what that yeah, actually or he means. Can, he can or he do, can sideload, but. but it means that he can keep his his audio going, which he currently isn't allowed to do. Basically, so we'll see. You know, he he they'll be recording a podcast later. I'm sure he's digging into the details of this I already bet. because there was a funny tweet that he sent um, right before the event, which was like, "Looking forward to seeing how I spend my summer," and put off a list of things that it might yep. be. And one of them this is, is one of them is this. So maybe it'll be this. So I think, I mean, Apple TV. New screensavers. It remains a product in the, their lineup. I, I'm sure you love the space screensaver, the Earth screensaver. Yeah, they're, they're pretty. The International Space Station. It's funny that that is a feature, is those but aerial screensavers. Really but people <laughs> really to like be able those. to see the names of the places. Yeah, I know. Thank like oh, oh yeah, is that time. Dubai again? I'm I think that's to Dubai. Work it out and like you can cycle through them and there's new ones. Yeah, honestly, that's people love people actually love those. It's silly, but, but you know they what? Do. When I saw that, you know, like that. This is a criticism that people have made of Google I/O keynotes of like Google gives time to everyone. Apple did that for the TVOS team today. They kind of just gave them time in the keynote because every other platform got. How do you not time. talk about the Apple TV? In that You've got to give them something because like. Probably two thirds. You got Dolby Atmos too, and something called Zero Sign on that. I don't understand because I just this just isn't a thing for me. But um, so much of the stuff that, that that the presenter was talking about was stuff that we already knew about. Yeah, I spoke about Canal Plus, which I don't know is Plus, not Plus. It's Canal Whatever. Plus. Whatever. I'm not French. But like, you know, but like we knew all of we, this. No, stuff. I, I felt really proud at that moment. It's like upgrade listeners already know about the deal that they made with Upstream. Canal Plus. Yeah. They, so like you know, I, and it was like. There wasn't, and then we're like, oh, and this is what the TV app does. Like, no new features. Just yeah, like, zero, zero sign on is interesting. Um, I have that in my web browser for my cable company, where basically, if I if I go to my web browser for my cable company while I'm on my home network and I say, show me TV, it knows who I am. Um, and so that's what that zero sign on thing is. Is basically, if okay. I'm on Comcast, if they use Comcast as a partner, um. I'm at home. I'm on my home cable network. I shouldn't even need to log in. It should know who I am and what I am paying for. And that's what this should let you do theoretically. Cause it, it is dumb. Like I think about that every time I log into something that is from my cable company to verify your cable ID. It's like, I'm literally at home on the cable modem. You should know who I am. And so that's what that is. So yeah, but yeah, it's a, it was important to have it there because it's one of their platforms, yep. but they didn't have anything really to speak of this year. So, Keynote's done, but there's a whole week of 
sessions and there's going to be so much more information coming out like i can't wait to start looking at apple's website and finding all those little details that yeah. i know are just like little treasure chests for me waiting in there and talking to developers this yeah. week 100 percent guarantee that there's something that we said oh i wonder about this that is has people been already answered. know it yeah. yeah there's so many things because so you things. just can't track it all um and we're going to be touching on some of these things on wednesday so uh, we're doing a live episode of connected jason's going to be a part of that with serenity caldwell mm-hmm. so uh, i think steven's going to be talking to you about this exact thing right we're a couple of days removed what do we know now that we didn't know monday so exactly look out for that um on wednesday in the connected feed you've um, heard about connected right as seen on the keynote as seen on the the, <laughs> the keynote featured connected podcast yes um, I want to thank our sponsors for their support today, Aero Timing and Away. Um, they help make this show possible. Thank you to you for listening. Um, if you are in WWC, you see me and Jason around, give us some high fives. We'd love to say hi. Um, if not, you can tweet at us a high five emoji if you want. <laughs> and we'll appreciate that. Um, you can find Jason in and around San Jose for the next couple of days, but over at sixcarlos.com, I'm sure you've got a heck of a lot to write and I, say and think i haven't even thought that far ahead because you know upgrade there'll be comes something first but yes there'll, there'll be something and jason is at jason l on twitter jsnell i am at i mike i am yke and i am the wwdc draft champion mm-hmm. two years in a row yeah look at that draft champion so it's still all to play for september that's right it's all to play it's all for. to play for assuming there's one event which i think we can just assume for now all to play for. Yeah, the tiebreaker. I'm very excited about that now. All to play for. Um, we love doing this episode. It's one of my favorite episodes of the year. I really hope that you've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in and giving us your time during what is an incredibly busy week, especially to the hundreds of people in the chat room, which I, I thank you so much for hanging out with us. I think this is the largest chat room live listening audience we've ever had on the show. So I know people are excited about this. So thank you to all of you tuning in. We'll be back next week. And we'll have so much to talk about. So much. So much. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell. Goodbye, Mike Hurley. From San Jose.